well, so your personality is definitely different from a lot of other normal sales profiles for, for most people that some may try to be very informational, some might be, try to be educational, some might, you know, push based off of price, some just focus on volume, some, you know, a lot of different ways. How do you just, how do you determine when you, when you're sitting with a client, how do you determine what product, what carrier, how much coverage to show, like what's your process there? Um. Well, thanks for joining us this week on the Lead Sales Podcast. I'm very happy to be joined in studio by Paula Alvarez. Hi, everyone. We got John Baccaron, co-host. How are we doing? And we got my man Bryce here producing. Back in action. Guest engineer. Saw here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we, we, got, we got a lot to get into today. We're going to have a lot of, uh, we're going to have a few remote guests that I'm very excited to hear from because these guys have been doing really well for a long time. They've, they understand their business. They are going to share their insights with you guys so you guys can apply this directly into your business so you can make more money, make more money, help more families. It's a win-win situation. Uh, but part of the reason why I thought about this topic today, today we're going to be going over which products to show, how do you decide on what you show, you know, so it's kind of it's kind of a, a, a beginner's course for a lot of agents and even for agents that have been around for a bit. Sometimes we kind of get these questions from time to time, you know, yes. people will ask us like, Hey, what should I show in this one? Uh, why should I go with this product or this product, or this carrier or this carrier? And you know, I really got got to thinking about this because we had our LA sales conference mm -hmm. last week. Yeah. Uh, two Sundays ago. I mean two Tuesdays ago. Can't even keep track of the time. Yeah. Was it last week or two weeks ago? Last week. Okay. It was last week. Yeah, two Tuesdays ago. There was a Tuesday this week. I suppose you're right. <laughs> um, but I, I was uh <laughs> I saw to Bobby Bridges from from America. I love love my guy Bobby. We had a good time with Bobby, right? Oh, Bobby's awesome. Took us out to took us up top golf, overserved us, yep. uh, or at least that's what the place thought. Yeah. So they cut us off. But um, we were we we're in the car. We were talking, and you know, this is this is not anytime soon. But you know, we started talking about different products. He said they're working on an IUL product wow. specifically for FFL, which is exciting. Um, we also were talking about um, this is something I I brought up to him like maybe like three, four years ago. Mm -hmm. And I was talking about, hey, do you guys ever think about removing the accidental death product from from your final expense plan, which is Eagle Eagle Premier? Right. And I was like, think about removing that so then kind of get the prices closer to what Mutual of Omaha and some mm -hmm. of these other carriers might be. I mean, like, so he he was he's like back then he was like, he's like, it's not that big of a difference, is it? I'm like, eh, it could make a difference, especially depending on the bracket of the age. Yes. So you know there there's there's that to consider. And I'm like while I think it's actually a good value because if an agent knows how to do the value proposition selling, mm -hmm. value prop selling, they can throw in like, hey, in automatically included with this comes a matching accidental death coverage. And if they're on a common carrier, it triples. Right. Right. So then there's more value. And then every time I present it to the client, no, no one ever complains about the price. They're thinking about the additional coverage that they can receive. But for the most part, most, most, most agents probably don't do that. Yeah. Do you, do you, do you agree with that? Yeah, it's true, especially if you have a brand new, brand new agent who hardly knows any of the product knowledge, and all they're doing is they're selling based on price, right? Especially if they're not doing too much of the quoting, they use insurance toolkits, right? And America is not going to be the number one to show up there, right? So if you're selling, so my point is, if you're selling strictly based off of price, then yeah, there could be some products that might be a little bit cheaper than this one or that one, and then, you know, but if you're not selling the value on it, rather than just selling just strictly the price, you're always in danger of the, if the if the client 
comes across something, some comes across an ad, or another agent comes to them and says, like, oh hey, you know, I could I could beat this by 10 cents. Yeah. You know, then like what if they decide to, hey, well, if all I value is because this is what my agents taught me is to value what's the cheapest price, mm-hmm. then they're they're probably gonna leave you as soon as they find a cheaper deal. Right. So I mean, I I I prefer to sell that based off of value. And if you know it's it's on us to try to figure out ways to try to sell according based off of you know what what the client values the most. And you know, that that's just my personal perspective, but you know, that's something exciting that Bobby said they're working on. I don't have a specific timeline for this, and I don't know if I should be announcing it since he hasn't made it official, but they're going to be removing, they're working on trying to remove that accidental death product. Make it optional. And then making it optional thing so you can add it on, remove it. But if they remove that, then the the rates are pretty much within pennies of the other carriers. So, I mean, I think that's a huge value added to Americo because, I mean, I personally love Americo just because I'm one Bobby's cool is out, all outdoors, yep, yep. but um, also, you know, he's a, uh, you know, the instant decision. And then I'm going to have Terrence come on in just a little bit. He's, he's just talked about the miracle bonus just paid, just paid out. Oh, right? Yeah. So big money. If you're, if you're spreading your business all around the place, then you're missing out on some opportunities to kind of really focus on one, one, one or two carriers that are going to pay you the most and then build up a big volume of business within those and maximize your bonuses. So um, and also another reason why, why I brought this up, we were, we were talking to Derek the other day. You know, Derek's not on here today because he's traveling, so safe travels to Derek Brower. But uh, he he asked for a quote. He's like, hey, my Edna's down right now. Can you guys run a quote for me? And I'm like, sure, what do you, what do you need? And then so then like he was like, uh, well, I was like, how, how old's the guy? Any health conditions? And then how much how much coverage are you looking to show this guy so I know what to quote? And he was like, oh, I don't know, 8, 10, 12. Yeah. 8,000, 10,000, 12,000. And I looked at it and I'm like, Nope. And I was just like, here's, here's what it is for 10,000. Here's what it is for 15,000. Right. <laughs> I was just like, I'm just going to go and disregard your three, your three requests. It's too close to each other. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, why do you want to show these three anyway? Like, was that, was that really going to do for you? Uh-huh. Cause like if the, the price difference is not going to be too significant from eight to 10 to 12. So like, it won't really move the needle for the client to make a decision one way or another. But I think what he was trying to get at is to try to low sale or down sale too quickly before he even goes through any objections. Right. 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 So it's not even value showing, right. it's price showing. Right. And then, so, so that's also the danger that a lot of times agents run into. So immediately for a lot of agents, they have the mindset going in and I, and I'm, I'm saying this because I just, I used to think the same way when I first started in sales. So I used to think like, Oh no, this client's going to get mad at me. If I show them too high of a, high of a price, right? Like what are they going to think? Or they're going to automatically tell me no. Uh-huh. And then over the course of time, I realized, why don't I just try to provide, show them as much value as I can, help them understand why I'm showing them this, ask them questions like, what, what do they need in the first place? And then try to figure out a solution according to that. And right. I'll talk about price last. Yeah. Because if we can show the value first, what does the price really matter if they need it? Mm-hmm. Right. So I told, I just, I showed Derek 10 to 15. And I'm, I'm like, I don't even like showing this low, to be honest, because, because the thing is, think about the, think about the logic behind why we show what we show. How much does it cost for a funeral? Do you know? Average? In California, say ten thousand, fifteen, depending on what they're what they're looking for. Like if they want a service no, add-ons. Can, oh. a little closer. Yeah. So um ten to fifteen thousand. Yep. Ten to fifteen thousand is about the national average. I think it's more about fifteen in California. Yeah. Fifty so, I, I tell my clients fifteen and twenty-five. The more I I show that, yeah. the bigger I even go through like different like locations. We're in Carson. You want to be in Green Hills. Do you want to be Forest Lawn? Do you want to be All Souls? I make it very definitive 
if you got a spot in Inglewood Cemetery, I say all these things. So I make it sound like, okay, these are the prices for these. Right. Even more than that. Right. And also like the client the client says like, oh, I don't know. Because I'll always ask the client, do you know how much it costs for a funeral? An average funeral? Mm-hmm. And then some of them like way undershoot. They're like, I don't know, 4,000. And I'm like, for a cremation, maybe. You might yeah. be able to get away with that. But then, you know, you, you got to just paint the picture more vividly for the client and just be like, you know, there's the reception. You know, if you're, your family's planning on taking a few days off, there's all these other things. So, you know, you got to factor that in. So I'd rather start higher and then you can always close down. Right. Right. So if you show like 5,000 or 8,000 in coverage and then they, they need more, you're, they're like, okay, I can kind of commit to that price. And then you try to show them, here's what it is for 30,000. They're going to be like, I'm not paying more because like they already spent that money in their head. Right. Right. So you, you got to try to start high and you can always close down, but then you can't start low and then try to sell up mm-hmm. at least not for are that particular clientele, generally speaking. Yeah, and in, and then to add to this, um, if you want to learn more about these costs and things, go to the Google Drive. We added the the Aetna brochure. If you go to the Aetna brochure, it tells you the cost of like funerals in there, so it helps you sell. So if you're doing telesales, it's great to just send that over, send them the the brochure. It tells them how much you need. What about your debt? What about um, you know credit card debt? What about other expenses? You can even expand on like you know who's your beneficiary? Is your beneficiary out of state? Do they need to fly here? Do they need like you know accommodations? Do they need to get a hotel and all these things? Right. So these things add up. Yeah. And plus, you you want to further paint the picture because a lot of times if you say average funeral is about fifteen thousand or so, mm-hmm. or the client notes is about fifteen. And they're like, I'm just looking for 15,000 in coverage. And then realistically, I mean, like you should just tell, you should always inform the client because you can still stick with the 15 anyway. Right. But just let them know like, well, are you planning on dying anytime soon? Because mm-hmm. like there's inflation, right? If, you, if you're still expecting to live another 20, 30, 40 years, what's the 15,000 going to do? You're still going to be short. Your family's still going to kind of come out of pocket. So, you know, you say just to kind of protect yourself against inflation, make sure your family has future inflation built into this thing. You might want to get a little extra coverage while you can still qualify for it now. It'll never be cheaper than your age right now if you wait for the, if you wait to get in, in the future. So, you know, I don't know, the Big Mac price is like a good indicator, right? Yep. Your Big Mac, there's a, with inflation, the, the Big Mac price keeps going up. And then the amount of money that you make proportionate to that is actually not going to match up. So <laughs> same thing when you die. So you might want to get a little extra. So that's just a little introduction to, to kind of get into the yeah, topic. Uh, Mike, are you on? Yes, sir. All right. What's going on, Micah? Not much, guys. How's LA? LA's dirty dirt. Beautiful weather. (laughs) Dirty dirt. I love it. Yeah, well, first of all, I I appreciate you coming on because Micah's a guy that's very uh, knowledgeable. Micah's a guy that's very, he he knows specifically what he wants to show. And then he's, he's always more than willing to to try to convince other people that that it's correct, which I appreciate that about you. <laughs> so I mean, like you, you and I, we've had some some discussions as to like, well, we could show this in this situation. Maybe this isn't the right situation. So I mean, I know that you're you're uh, definitely in tune with your business. So I wanted to have you on to, to to kind of share a little bit about your process, why you show what you show, how you show it, you know, how do you make these decisions. So if a new agent's watching, how do they get started? Absolutely. So. I'm going to answer this from two perspectives because I think there's the answer that is simple and accessible and doable, um, especially for new agents. And then there's the answer that as you build your business over time and you get experience over time, you realize that there are more things to consider. Okay. So 
I think the best the best way to think about it, the simplest way to think about it for a brand new agent um, is what's essentially going to get the client covered in the quickest way possible at the best price possible, okay? Um, now, that's kind of the, the first thing to think about, obviously, assuming they qualify and they don't have major health complications, that would force them to pick one carrier over another. So if you're brand new or relatively new, um, those carriers are going to be the ones that are always going to give you an instant decision no matter what, right? Um, specifically, uh, there are a couple that come to mind, but the, the main three are Americo, Prosperity, and AIG, okay? Those are always going to give you a yes or no. Um, very, very rarely, if ever, will they say referred to underwriting. With Prosperity, that means declined. I know it's reading. Um, but at least starting off for your average final expense or basic term, that's really the best way to think about it. Um, you want to make sure that you can get them covered quickly, wrap up your appointment, on to the next one, they're happy with it, we're all good to go, right? That's the simple core idea at the end of the day, right? Now, as you become a little bit more seasoned and as you begin to see, hey, you know, we really do have a lot of carriers at FFL, you know, some carriers are gonna pay you differently, some carriers have different renewals, some carriers have a bonus, you start, you know, having a little bit of debts and chargebacks, you have a team, you have to think about them as you build, there are a couple of really other important things that at least I factor in when I do my, uh, you know, when I think, okay, all right, what's going to be best for my client, right? Um, so to expand on that, Al, and, and fam, it's, it comes down to, I think, underwriting, just being more thorough, figuring out, hey, what are the specific medications, not just relying on the, on the pre-checks and the applications, which is really nice, right? right? I know a lot of us came from a place where we didn't have that. We'd send it off and we'd have to wait two weeks, right? So having the ability to have an instant decision underwriting process is really nice, but it can also get us to be lazy. I've seen that in myself. And so the best thing that I can say as a step one is be very thorough when you're underwriting. Ask about medications, surgeries, hospitalizations, smoking, height and weight, citizenship, criminal history, like all of that matters. And that's going to be your first thing that you use to determine what carrier is going to be appropriate, right? Um, you also want to think about price, right? Is this somebody who's going to be a shopper? Can I get the same thing for a little bit less while still making an instant approval, while still getting paid good renewals, et cetera, et cetera, right? I find myself writing a lot more prosperity these days because um, to me, their underwriting is a little bit more generous. They pay better on the renewals. They have a bonus. Their prices are better. The living benefits are better. Um, that's something I've chosen for my business. Um, you also want to think about debt, right? If you have chargebacks, and a lot of us are confronted with those on a daily basis, you have to ask yourself, one, am I just going to write a policy that's going to go to my debt, pay that down? Am I at risk of getting terminated soon, right? So that's a variable you have to consider because as much as we want to say, oh, we're just going to do what's best for the client, if we're really honest with ourselves, that's not how we work on a daily basis. A lot of people are thinking about themselves first. And you have to weigh both, right? This is our business. We're the business owner, but we're serving our clients. You have to have that sweet spot on a day-by-day -day basis. And it's a matter of underwriting. It's a matter of debt. It's a matter of what's affordable, right? Um, it's a matter of what's duplicatable for your team, right? Are you going to have your team to buy ULs all the time? 
well, only for a select group of clients, but you want to think about what can be scaled out and built on a, on a sale by sale, client by client basis all the time, which is why if you can, simplified issue is, is the smart way to go. But you're going to find clients who might need and might want more coverage, right? Al, you were talking about value, right? Um, showing, you know, 30,000 in whole life when maybe they need 100,000, 200,000, you know, they might be able to do that. And why not educate them about that? Why not show them, hey, here's your premium option. Here's whatever, an IUL, this is what I typically do. Here's a premium option, 300 bucks a month. If you want all the bells and whistles and riders, or here's, you know, prosperity, family, freedom term, it's 40 bucks a month, you get the coverage, whatever, right? That's typically how I run it. Um, I know everybody's going to do different things with their business. We all have the, the freedom to do that. And that's awesome at this, this company. Um, but yeah, you know, if, if you're just starting out, keep it simple, core carriers, instant decisions. As you build up, you'll realize, you know, renewals play a good part. Debt plays a part. If the client's a shopper, you know, you have to sometimes sell off a price. You know, I sat down with a guy on uh, on Sunday, on Father's Day, actually. He had another carrier. Um, it was by, what was it? It was a Forrester's policy. Um, I was able to get him $100,000 more with National Life Group, and he was paying 30 bucks more with me. Like, I'm going to do that, right? Um, now, look, I have the luxury to do that, right? I've been in the business for a while. If you're a new agent, you need to get paid. Right, prosperity, see if you can do it on your way, right? But be aware of that, right? Think about your team. Think about when do people need to get paid, um, ease of underwriting, all that stuff. So that's my little spiel for the moment. I hope that was helpful for some of you. That's good. That's good coming from like a, a manager standpoint of where you're at in your business now. Right. And, I, you know, I, I think that's a lot of great information, Mike. I mean, I, I think it's just you have been in the business and you you care about learning the products and everything. So, I mean, your, your approach is far more nuanced than a, than a brand new agents would be. Right. So like when, when, a, when you hire a new agent, which you, which you are close to a promotion, right. And you're, you're, you're pushing hey, for that. I see go. that. Um, when you bring in a new agent, I mean, what's your normal approach to tell them? Like, are you, are you like copy me, do the same thing right off the bat? It's, nah, not at all. So it's, it's keep it simple when you start, right. Simple is duplicatable, right. It's funny. I'll literally, 20 minutes ago, I just sent, I sent a message to the, this group out in Houston that I hired. And uh, literally it says, focus on America and prosperity. And here's why <laughs> 10% bonus is a decision, right? So that's where we're going to start, right? We're going to start with the building blocks. Hey, right. here's how you do an, an e-app. Here's how you get an instant decision. Here's how you check meds, right? Start off with the basics. And then here's the biggest thing. Is somebody going to last in the industry, right? If they're going to last in the industry, they'll make it off of Prosperity in America the same way they would with something more heavily underwritten. They're not going to last. Don't get them started off with something too complicated in the first place, right? That just decreases the probability of lasting in the first place. So um, absolutely, start it simple. Make sure you teach your new agents the ropes. As they figure out the ropes and they're ready for more, give them more. Let them figure it out. Let them figure out how to write $33,000 IULs like group, right? Right. Um, let them figure out how to do $2 million term policies, right? But start off simple. This is, you know, th there are levels to everything, right? You don't start off with, you know, calculus. You start off with addition and subtraction. It's the same thing in insurance. Start off with your simple basics, move up, move up, move up. 
And I think that that's the right way to, to build and scale is by having levels that you train your team. Uh, those are my thoughts. I love to hear it. Cause I remember you and I used to have, I, I wouldn't say like arguments, but it's just disagreements on like the approach to like teach new agents. Cause you're like, I think I was, could be for everyone and blah, blah, blah. And, and, I'll, and maybe and it's far more in a nuanced conversation than just that. I don't mean to oversimplify it, but I was like, I was like, let's just get them started with America. Let's just get them started with the prosperity, get them started with the basic building blocks. And then plus on top of that, I mean, now that we're both moving up, the thing is, you know, when you're managing debt, it's easier to manage with one or two carriers rather than 15 yep. spread across. And we got a little bit gnawing here, gnawing there, then it's just, it's it's more worth than really is necessary. To a certain degree. Um, what I can say, though, is that having dealt with roll-up debt, I'm so glad I've had extra carriers in my portfolio that I can route business and get paid and then split up some of that to leads and then debt payments without having just to have all that eaten up by debt. So absolutely, um, just be conscious of how you're managing your money with your carriers. Cool. All right. Any other questions from Micah? No, no, it was good. That was well said. It was deep, Micah. Yeah. It was deep. Yeah. Trying, guys. I mean, building a business isn't easy. I was thinking about this the other day, and and just from what I've heard from other people on the team about the ups and downs, and it's real, man. It's really real. And little tiny things that if you miss it are just going to come back to absolutely bite you, you know? So being vigilant and being on top of it and being proactive so that you're not falling behind and letting things piled up, but staying on top of it every single day is, is the way to build it and teach other people how to do the same. Right. Well, and go, going back to the whole value prop selling and, and p- agents that are sell just primarily strictly on price. I mean, I think, I think you're, you could be missing out on, on some things or, you know, you're limit, you're limiting your options. Cause for Mike, before I let you go, I mean, you, you just, you just purchased a, a beautiful Lexus that you're, I know you're very proud about, right? Hey, and congrats. Very proud. Yes. Which I'm actually really happy for for stories like this for for agents that come in and build a business like like Micah that that continue to have success and and I was like why not treat yourself a little bit once you start really earning it and you know you've definitely earned it up to that point but you know like with Alexis I mean it looked it looked great I actually was kind of jealous because I I like that car myself <laughs> but then like if you're basing everything strictly on price you could spend that you spend your money on that or you can get a Toyota Corolla. Or you can get a, a beatable hoopty. I mean, like, right. are you basing it strictly off price when you make a decision, or do you base off of what you like and what you what you value, right? Yeah, and that makes sense too because, like, what Michael is saying, you know, when when you're dealing with clients, you do want to ask like filtering questions to figure out what type of client is that. One of the, one of the questions I ask right before I even even show a price, show a quote, show a coverage amount, I do ask him if I'm doing telesales. So have you been looking for life insurance? You know, right. have you been shopping around? Have you gotten quotes? Do you even know the differences? Do you know what you're looking for? What type of policy? Like little basic filters to see how intent is this guy. Okay, so if they're very average, no knowledge of anything, okay, I can go through the simplest part. It's probably easier to explain the simplest, no jargon, no technicalities about the policy that in case you die, your funeral is taken care of. Simplified issue business can can work. Right. But if they start ramming off like, yeah, you know, I used to be a licensed agent. <laughs> I did I did this, I did that. Okay, now I'm gonna I'm in a battle. I, he's probably gotten multiple quotes. He has email quotes. Okay, then price does make a factor into it, right? He's probably going to test you to see if, he, if you know your stuff. Right, if you know, so, or you know more so than him. <laughs> yes, yes. So those things um, play a factor into your business, into your clients. Absolutely. And, and there's another side to that as well, that 
is really important to educate your clients on. And that is the, if you sell just off of, or if the client's looking off at, at price only, mm-hmm. what are they going to be drawn to? Well, hundred thousand of accidental at age 70, that, that $20 a month sounds like a great plan. That, that policy from X company, which is $30,000 of coverage, but it's really only 15,000 whole life plus 15,000 of accidental. That's a nice policy, right? Mr. Mrs. Client like no like look at the fine print so there's that intersection between not paying more for the same thing but also having the value that comes with understanding what you have um so be aware of that and and know the products right i mean what we have we've got some awesome carriers that can replace a ton of business out there you know (laughs) Um, but also don't in my opinion don't sell just the cheapest thing yes um sell sell the best intersection of value and price. That's what I will will say in closing. Perfect. Okay. Well, definitely appreciate your input, Mike. I mean, I think I think this is going to be a nice cross section of people with different perspectives and how they view things. And your about your input's definitely valued. So appreciate you. Appreciate you guys too. All right. Okay. So let's let's move on. Uh, let's move on, JP. Can you unmute yourself. Hey, what's up, teams? What's up, team? How are you guys doing? What up? What up? We're, we're blessed. We're blessed. So we're 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 moving on from from Michael, who's, who's, who's very knowledgeable, he's encyclopedic with, with terms of his uh, understanding of the insurance business. And, you know, that's, that's going from that end of the spectrum to someone that keeps things very simple. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that, I mean that in a really, really positive way. You keep things very simple when it comes to the type of products and carriers you show. So can you walk us through your process and how, how agents should kind of a different perspective they should look at? Yeah, and I appreciate uh, Micah for sharing his perspective. It's it's a very good perspective. You know, we have different viewpoints in the business, but they're both valid. Um, the biggest thing I noticed is that when I first started, I was very informational, but I wasn't closing any business. So a lot of the things that I was saying, it really wasn't, you know, necessarily geared towards that client. They didn't need to know about a term policy when they can only, you know, qualify for whole life. So maybe about six, seven months into the business, or maybe closer to nine months into the business, I started focusing on, you know, a few carriers, understanding the basic products of those carriers, and um, really focusing in on how to write more business with just a few options. Because I feel like when you have too many options, your clients really don't make a decision. So, you know, walking through my process of selling and, and, you know, trying to keep business on the books, you know, if I was selling John, the first thing I would say to John is, I would say, John, you know, basically what's going on with your health? Let me know what's going on. And he'll let me know what's going on with his health. And I would basically just sell him what he can qualify for. And that's it. So if you guys are taking a, a pen and paper down, there's only two things you need to do is make sure that number one, they can qualify. And then number two, that they can afford it. And if you do that, your numbers will, you know, run through the roof, you know? So I used to, I used to lose so many sales because I was trying to do too, do too much, you know? So the reason why I know you say that I keep it simple is because I was the, the total opposite when I first started is I lost so much business, not focusing on, you know, a few different options for people. Right. That, and that's a, that's a great point to, to kind of piggyback off of that. I mean, for a lot of agents that are out here watching, they're always confused. Oh, I don't know the underwriting for this one. If they have this, what do they qualify for? Think about it from this perspective. I mean, if you're if you're like JP, and then if you 
some carriers will they'll accept this condition, but not this condition. And then for the other carrier, it's kind of the opposite. You know, sometimes sometimes that kind of happens that way. So if we're if we're looking at uh trying to keep things simple for for the for the new agents, if you have if you focus on two two or three carriers, America, Prosperity, AIG, they're all instant decisions. So even if you mess up, they'll tell you, hey, this doesn't go through. Try another one. Mm-hmm. So if you if you focus on two or three carriers to start off with, the thing is if you can do that, then the thing is through repetition, through experience, you'll start to understand, okay, I remember they don't take this. So yeah. they automatically you'll bypass this one, move on to the next one. And then with AIG guaranteed issue, I mean, the thing is, that's the last resort, by the way, because the thing is it's two-year graded, but they'll take anyone if you currently have a pulse. Right. <laughs> so with true. three carriers, with three carriers, I think you can learn like five to six products max, yeah. right? You'll, you'll three final expense products, two terms, and an integrated plan with right. AIG. Six products and keep it simple. You're going to write like 96 to 99% of your business. Right. You'll learn the products faster. You'll learn the application process faster. Because, I mean, isn't that the the, the nerve-wracking part for a lot of agents? They went through their pitch, made the sale, and they're like, oh, now I got to do the app. And then you're running through and you're like sweating. And you're just thinking, (laughs) oh, what's going to pop up next? I can't get them to sign. They can't sign. And then you get all, you you build up all this anxiety for no reason. But if you get familiar with just a couple applications, I promise you everything after that becomes much, much simpler because you kind of have a better idea of what to expect. Now, if you're, yeah. you're trying to spread too wide and you're trying to do every, every single product, every single carry out there, everything's going to be a guessing game. Yeah. And here's some of the questions that I ask when I, you know, write business over the phone, I would say, Hey, John, and when it comes to health, I'll ask a few questions about their health, a few questions about their finances. And then I would just, you know, point them in the right direction. The first question is, do you currently have, or have you had, a heart attack or stroke in the last two to three years. That's number one. Always start off with that. Uh, second question would be, do you have any forms of cancer or have you had any cancer treatments the last two to three years? That's question number two. Question number three would be, if you've had, if you, uh, if you had had cancer, are you currently still taking any medication for it? Question number four would be, um, are you currently confined to a wheelchair or using an oxygen machine? And then question number five would be, have you had any hospitalizations for anything in the last three to five years? And if you can just learn to ask those basic questions, you know, you can write a lot of business. I know diabetes is a big deal, but I mean, it's not really a big deal when it comes to writing final expense. You can, you can definitely add that in, in there. Um, I'll ask, hey, if you're diabetic, are you type one or if you're type two? If they're type two, take an insulin. You know, sometimes it's harder for them to get approved for a term product. If they're uh, type type two, they're taking metformin, they can definitely get qualified for a final expense, minus they haven't had any complications like amputations or anything like that. Uh, those are some of the questions that I ask. Now, getting to the second part, when it comes to the finances, I'll just say, hey, John, um, now are you typically still working? I know you're 70. Are you more retired now? So that's number one. That's the first question. Second question would be, now, if you're still working or if you're retired, you know, roughly how much are you making per month? That's question number two. And then the final question would be, um, now, if you are, you know, working, are you getting payments like through a normal checking account or through like maybe some type of uh, prepaid debit card? And that would be the third question. The reason why we ask those questions is based off of that information, we can choose which carrier we can use based off of the type of payment they need to make for their policies. So I just try and keep it super simple because I've lost so much business trying it the other way. 
So if you are a new agent and you're, you're having trouble, you know, figuring out what to write or figuring out, you know, how to write business, just make sure you're asking those simple questions and then just know a miracle Eagle premier. They're good for diabetics, final expense, totally fine. If they have neuropathy, you know, go to Aetna, they're fine. If they have, uh, if they've had a recent stroke, um, you can also use a miracle Eagle premier, but prosperity is also very lenient on that. So these are just little things that you can learn and just stick with, you know, two or three companies. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that I would pretty much say as I'm trying to uh, write policies over the phone. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I think I think you covered the majority of it because, and I know this for a fact because for anyone else that wants to to learn specifically in JP, everything JP just brought up during during this portion of his training, he says specifically the same things on the live dial. So if you guys want to hear and and, and see it in action, because I'll, I'll always give JP credit for this. No one mows through and just plows straight through people's objections like JP does. Like yep. a, a client be like, oh no, I already have, I already have something. And then he'll just like ignore it and just keep going. And like, I'm just like, the balls in this guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, he repeats their sentences and then ignores it afterwards. Oh, you already have something. Right. So anyways. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So the reason why I do that is because when I first started, I would listen to their, their objections and think that they're real, but they're not. Right. You know, if they really had objections. They wouldn't be speaking to you. They just want to find out that you care about them. Are you going to listen to them? Are you going to find them a policy that makes sense for them? Are you going to make sure that you don't oversell them? Are you going to make sure that they understand that you will be there for them when they pass away? These are the only things that they worry about. So once you get past the, the little smoke screen of an objection, which I ignore, like what Albert says, you know, you can sell them half of the time. So, but I do want to mention one other thing before I jump off is some of the closing statements that I use to kind of help business kind of stay on the books or make sure that your client can afford it. So if I'm selling John a policy and, and John says, okay, the, the 20,000 for 138 a month is good for me. Then I would say, Hey, John, you know, I'm glad you went ahead and, and chose America for the $20,000 plan. Now I'm not a sales agent. I'm just an insurance underwriter. And my job is just to find you the most affordable plan. So is the 139 going forward, you know, something affordable for you? And then he'll say yes or no. The reason why I ask that question is because sometimes our clients don't want to let us know that they can't afford it. So you might get a client that says, yeah, 200 bucks is fine or 300 bucks is fine. But deep down inside, they know that they can't afford it, but they just weren't, you know, they were kind of taken aback by the situation and didn't want to let you know. So I take the sales pressure off. Now it's a, hey, John, I'm not a sales agent. I'm just an underwriter. You know, my job is to get you in the most affordable plan based off what you're telling me is the 139 a month affordable going forward. If you can add that little sentence into your into your sales pitch, you'll be totally fine. Hope you're enjoying the video so far. Please make sure that you like, subscribe, comment, anything to help us help support the algorithm so we can continue to bring you more valuable content and continue to be part of your lives. Also, if you don't feel that it's providing you that much support since you're already at this point, like and subscribe anyway. Let's get to the notification. Yeah. Yes, sir. You've been, you've been on the live dials and you heard JP. Yeah. Power no, through this, right? really good with the objections. Yeah. Because sometimes, sometimes like, we'll, I'll hear objections. Like the, 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 the client will be like, I already took care of it. Thanks. Take me off your list. And like, they're just like in a, in a mood and they're just like, they don't want to be bothered. And then JP just so, just so calmly is like, okay, just to confirm your information, you put down your address at whatever, or he'll be like, oh, well, how come you know, how come you don't need it anymore? 
did you someone quote you some really high prices or something? Right. And I'm like, oh, look, look at this guy. Which it makes me cringe a little bit, you know, because I'm just like I'm, and and I 100 recognize it's entirely my it's my my own thing. It's like yeah. it's my yeah. pride just thinking like oh, I don't want to I don't want to bother a client or I don't want to be embarrassed like that. Where in reality, like if you if you think it down think about it, you break down logically. He's doing a real service because the thing is, even if he, can, if he if he goes through the process and he's able to save them some money mm-hmm. or get them a coverage that that more more aptly suits them, the thing is, even if he can't help them, he's not hurting them in any way. Yeah. So why not be more thorough and try to find an opportunity to create another one win situation? Yeah, and you know, yet for any new agent, every conversation is persuasion, right? right. So it's he's either persuading them or they're persuading him. Right. They could be persuading him all their rebuttals and objections where it could be fake, like what he's saying. So he just mows through it because he knows it's fake. He knows they need it. And he knows they probably still haven't taken care of it. Right. If not, then, you know, sometimes you you live and you learn, you know, you do get rejected. You do get hung up on and he moves on. But in JP's like full mental attitude, it's like he did his best to fight for that client, you know, and then it's on them to to hang up, never call back or, or deny it. Right. Very true. Yeah. If you can't help him, you can't hurt him. Right. That's true. And another, you know, another perspective that we can take on this is that, you know, um, a lot of our clients are senior citizens when we're selling final expense. They're very simplistic people, you know, so why would we go into a deep presentation about anything over the phone? I'm just going to keep it super simple to John because John's 79 years old, man. He just wants something affordable. He wants something that he understands and he wants something that will protect him when he passes away, protects his family. Right. So I'm not going to go any deeper than that. When I talk to people, I'm just going to show them that I care and find them something uh, that's affordable for them. So, you know, as you guys are making your calls, just don't overcomplicate it because I did that in the beginning for the first probably six to nine months. And my first year I only, I only helped 19 families. I mean, come on. In six to nine months, you only helped 19 families. That's not that good. Right. So I had to make an adjustment. And that's because I was overcomplicating a simple process. So is my sales process cringeworthy? Absolutely. It definitely is for sure. But it gets the job done and it, it uh, is very effective. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's very effective because um, they're not there to be sold like a car salesman. Right. You know, they're not, to, they're not there to be sold. They're there to be served. Right. You know, John, how could I help you? How could I help you today? I see that you haven't taken care of it yet. I'm sure maybe where you quoted high prices before, or do you think you won't qualify or what's going on? Tell me, no, let, you know, let me know. Right. And then I'll just ask more questions. So, you know, I hope this little bit has helped, you know, Albert and John, you guys are key players in this business. I appreciate you guys. I've learned a lot from you guys. Uh, Micah, thank you for sharing your perspective. Um, you're a very solid agent and very solid manager as well. Um, but let's keep it simple guys. Cause simple pays. That's all great, I got. Great stuff, JP. Appreciate it. And as Thank far you, as the, as far as the cringiness stuff, I mean, like you know what's cringier when you when you're broke, yeah. <laughs> cringier when you don't make any sales, you can't you know, help anyone. That's you know what cringiest is when your pocket has nothing on it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's the ultimate cringe. So be cringe like JP. Um, Marlon, are you are you there, my man? Yes, sir. What's up, boys? So what's up? Joining us from H Town. H Town, yes, sir. All right. Well, just give Mar- Marlon a quick compliment. I remember, I remember when you first came on board. You brought you brought in a team, and I was talking to Ajay. And yeah, then, I think Tunji. And then she she was just going around like she she was talking about your guys' team, like how everyone had their 
respective strengths and the things that they're really, really good at. And then she was like, oh, yeah, she's like, Javier is like, re- he's like a really, really nice guy. And, you know, he really knows how to connect with clients. And then, and then it, came, it came to you. And we may have been here having a few drinks, you know, may, may or may not have been. <laughs> just a couple, just a couple. Irrelevant. Um, but she was like, she was like, and Marlon, you know, Marlon, he's just, he just always can sell because he's just a really good talker. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm like, you know, I think I, I'm like, I, I think I good would be mad, good and bad. I, w- well, I would agree with that because the thing is like, I mean, sometimes like as far as like natural ability, like I know how to sell and I, I know my business, I care about what I do. But then, you know, with, with you, sometimes I'm like, I'm a little bit jealous because like it comes so easily to you. Cause like you you just, you got the gift of gab and you just kind of just start rolling with the client and then you get, and then you get the client going and then you get them to like you and then boom, transaction happens. Yeah, no, thank you. I mean, I, I think as a kid, I've just always been a talker and, always had a mouth on me and it's gotten me <laughs> probably in a lot more trouble than, you know, made a lot of sales, but, um, yeah, no, I, I remember that, you know, I remember, uh, just starting out and it's just crazy to think about the business and just the time, uh, that's gone by and all the people, you know, that we've uh, hired, brought on and people that come and go. So it's a journey. My respect to everybody on this call, everybody in business, it's not easy, but it's definitely worth it. Okay, so so your personality is definitely different from a lot of other normal sales profiles for, for most people that some may try to be very informational, some might be, try to be educational, some might, you know, push based off of price, some just focus on volume, some, you know, a lot of different ways. How do you just, how do you determine when you, when you're sitting with a client, how do you determine what product, what carrier, how much coverage to show, like what's your process there? Um, good question. So for me personally, and yeah, for sure, we're all different. I mean, just hearing Mika, um jp um i love how they do it um just my way is you know different and it's what i prefer to do so for me i I just keep it you know very simple as well where it all comes down to underwriting it all comes down to a person's health record uh medical record so specifically uh the way that i tackle it is as a manager um you know being a vp and having a team and having bonuses there's a lot more to uh, consider, right? We don't necessarily have to follow everything that we're told by integrity um, or FFL, but uh, one of my goals is I really want to maximize, you know, the bonus. I want to maximize, you know, as much money as I can make here. And mind you, I know that there's areas that I'm pretty weak at right now where I'm definitely leaving money on the table, but, you know, that's something that I realize, you know, that I can improve on and that's something that I'm going to work on. But that's the first thing, you know, it's like understanding the game. Um, you know, from different perspectives, because there's a perspective of the client, obviously, the client's going to want the best deal, they always want the cheapest price, you know, they want that million dollar policy $30 a month, we know how that goes, I got to keep integrity in mind, I got to keep in mind what Sean Mike is working really hard for. Um, And that's, you know, that's one of the things where, um, just to be, you know, transparent that I fight all the time, because it's like, damn, like, sometimes the carriers that were uh, told to push aren't necessarily the best. So, for the client or there's better deals, you know, with other carers are not necessarily bonusable. So it, it can be confusing for someone like me, like you, Albert, like John, um, if we allow it to be, you know, confusing. But I think for me, I just make that decision. Like, listen, if I'm serious about an integrity deal, I got to play the game. I got to play the game and, you know, get, do the best that I can for that client uh, with the carers that we're told to push, um, you know, when it comes to that bonus. So, I keep Americo, I keep Prosperity, I keep AIG, 
Um, those are the three main ones, and I would throw Aetna in there as well. Um, those are really the four main carriers that I mess with. I don't really mess around with um, IULs that much. I don't do FNG, just to be completely honest. Um, but they're good carriers from what I can see Mika and his team doing. Uh, my boy Victor, uh, who's here with me right now, he just wrote up a really good policy with FNG. So, um, you know, it comes down to medical records. So now that I know my carriers, what I'm going to work with, I'm going to, you know, obviously see what the client is dealing with, you know, medically speaking, and then just go from there. So um, I keep, I shared it on at the conference, um, those underwriting sheets that I don't know if FFL corporate created those or if you guys did, but whoever did, thank you because they saved me so much time um, and so much effort that I really, you know, just go to these underwriting sheets and I'm teaching my team like, Hey, here's a, here's a Google drive. You know, what do they have? They've got an AFib. Boom. Here you go. You know, you can see the cares that will allow that. Um, recently I discovered, I know people have been talking about this for a long time and I've never been against it, but insurance toolkit, I think it's called. Yep. It sounds yeah. Sounds pretty great. Like I, you know, I have a girl that um, is working with me right now and she's very, I mean, that thing is quick. Um, but I, the, the, the issue that I, that I'm having with that is again, those carriers that are pitched through the insurance mm -hmm. toolkit aren't necessarily the carriers that were told to push or encouraged to push for, you know, integrity or the bonus. So there's a lot to consider because at the end of the day, like we're part of FFL. So for me, um, I, I do consider Sean Mike, I do consider integrity because these guys have worked so hard to, you know, not just pave the way, but make us, you know, this money and give us an opportunity to make more money. So, you know, I, I keep the clients, you know, obviously in the mind, integrity, everybody, but it's really easy. Just figure out the carriers you want to roll with. If integrity, if an integrity deal is important to you, great. If it's not great, I think that's a beautiful thing that there's for sure people on this call and in FFL that don't care about integrity deal at all. That's okay. You know, that's not a problem at all, whatever you want to do with the opportunity. But for me, you know, I definitely want to push prosperity, America, AIG, and, you know, hopefully the clients being honest, it'll be smooth. Um, sometimes we know that clients can be forgetful or, you know, they can, uh, they know how the game works and they try to be sneaky, but you yeah. know, that's where that MIB and, you know, all that underwriting stuff comes in. So it, it's really simple. I mean, just find out, you know, what's going on medically. That's really the most important thing um, and, and go from there. You know, have your cheat sheets. Should be good. Yeah, and just to clarify a point that Marlon made, I'll, I'll promote certain carriers because, number one, I have a good relationship with these guys. Like they, they, they always show up. They, they, always, they always come through for us when we, when we need stuff. So, I mean, like if it's a matter of just a little bit of a price difference, you know, I'd rather go with the, the company that's been taking care of us for, for one. I also push the uh, the carriers that are instant decision, makes life simple on everybody. It's less work for everyone to follow up on. But, you know, if you choose to go with a different carrier, I have, I have no problem with it. I'm just going to continue to be in your ear, though, because if I, if I see something that I feel like can make you a little bit more profitable, if something I, I can see could help you on your career hierarchy or a career track long term, like I'm going to continue to push it and Marlon and I, we've, we've had many of these conversations. So it's just, it's just something that I'm going to continue to try to figure out some win-win situations, even if it's like a, you know, there might be a slight advantage here or disadvantage there, but overall, as you get the client covered, it's a win-win. Yeah. 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 And I would say, you know, like this last time with Bobby, um, you know, at Top Golf, like that was really cool. That was a lot of fun and, you know, stuff like that matters. You know, one of the things I've learned from you, Albert, is that, behind these carriers are people, you know what I'm saying? It's like, like so we think of Omaha and America and such large organizations, of course, billion dollar companies, but 
they're made up of people, real people that we run into at these conferences, you know, Madison from America and, um, you know, Dylan from Omaha, like these are cool people. And when you end up building a relationship, you are swayed a little bit, You're like, you know, <laughs> Hey, I, I do want to lean this way. And I think that's okay. I mean, if Bobby, if America is paying Terrence a 10% bonus and they're paying for our dinners and food at Topgolf, that matters. I mean, they don't have to do that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like these other carriers aren't doing that. So I, you know, it's, it's, it's learning the game. And, and I mean, Sean, Mike, our CEO, the main guy, I mean, if we take notes from him, we, we know who his favorite carriers are. And, you know, right. just because of that vision of what you just said, you know, helping agents get paid quicker. Um, for me, it's about duplication. Like what, I'm not saying that, you know, an IUL route or again, the fully underwritten route doesn't work as duplicatable. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, but what I am saying is that if I take a look at FFL as a whole, I think there's more proof and evidence of, you know, final expense being more duplicatable and, and, and you know, the larger agencies building off of that than certain other products. So um, again, to each their own, um, like you said, I'll go ahead and echo that whatever you prefer to do the carriers of products, you know, it's, it's a win-win for everybody. Just as long as you're happy making the money that you need to make for you and your family, you know, I have no issues either. Like a lot of people on my team, you know, don't necessarily run the same route or the plays that I'm doing. I have no problem with that. As long as they're cool and they're happy, I'm not here to, you know, be a dictator and hey, you got to do this. Like, FFL is a very special place and we got to, you know, in my opinion, respect each other and understand that everyone's an adult and, you know, you can do whatever you want. So, you know, it's, it's a good thing. Well said. It makes well, sense. It makes sense. Cause especially from a manager standpoint, you know, when, when you try to lead them into like a super high level activity or a high level product knowledge, when they're not ready, they're just going to get lost. Right. And they may not. That even too. Yeah. Right. That's the, exactly. There's more, complex products and um you know keep it keep it simple and as you grow you know you if you're curious to learn more you will and you know because i know mika is like obviously a stud when it comes to all of that and i know that he's just hungry for more knowledge and that's something that he's you know taking initiative on and no one's told him to do it you know he just he's curious he loves that product he's learned about it and he teaches his team how to do it so i, I love the fact that you know, again, there's different routes to run the game and, you know, just got to find your, what you prefer. Cool. Well, I appreciate you spending a little bit of time and coming on of and course. sharing. So no problem. Ter brother. Thank you. All right. So we got Marlon Hernandez, Terrence, can we have you on mute? By the way, just to, just to wrap up a point with, with that Marlon brought up. I mean, while we appreciate, you know, Bobby and, and Dylan, Jack, and all these other guys taking us out to dinner and taking us out to, to, you know, for drinks or whatever it may be, as much as we appreciate that, because, you know, appreciate it's the gesture, but the thing is, I work, I, I make my own money, I can, I can pay for the stuff myself, right? It's the really the them taking the time and actually spending it, wanting to talk about their business, wanting to share, want to answer our questions. And then when it when it comes to look, there's a contracting issue, or someone just got terminated based off of this, that or the other, and then we want to see if there's a, an exception that can be made, or if they can work with us on certain things. Oftentimes, these guys do. And this is the reason why I'll always show love to those particular guys because they go out of their way. They go out their way. They don't have to yeah. do it. So speaking of a guy that does a lot of things that doesn't have to, that they don't have to do it. Terrence, my man, one of my favorite, one of my favorite guys in, in all of the business and all favorite guys on earth because he's just a good dude. Are you on? 
How you doing, brother? Uh, pleasure. Thank you for having me, Albert. You know, you my guy, man, a brother. You know, Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on, man. Um, I'm here to serve anybody that's, you know, uh, that need help, so. Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to be edited out because of FTC <laughs> stuff, but how much was your bonus for, for America? Dude, my uh, <clears throat> wife called me because she checked my mail. She, <laughs> I just make the money. <laughs> She uh she handled she she's a glue bro so she checked the mail was like she FaceTime me showed me a check like and what's crazy is wow uh, I've been with FFL a while so when I joined Sean Mike wasn't like doing as much as he was now but he was killing it back then and back then Albert you was there you remember we went to Connecticut bro and right. uh we had to go down there and stuff and he told us he's like whenever you build a business if somebody like close to the bonus give it to him. You know, because I don't know if I was going to make it or not. I was like, based on it, but, <clears throat> you know, he got a good, strong relationship with Bobby. So if you like close to that bonus or if the bank dropped it, whatever, he going to make sure you go ahead and push that bonus through. So I wrote enough, but I don't know if it drafted in time, but Miracle gave it to me. So, uh, wow. That's what, so you, uh, you thought you might have fell, fell short by technicality? Yeah, yeah, because it says uh, all premiums got to be drafted on the 31st. Right. <clears throat> And then you know they show you like an indicator uh whenever right. you order. And uh the indicator let me know that I hit it, but it was like I don't know if the dates was wrong. I, I didn't know. So uh I was calling, it was like the numbers ain't came out yet, and then they sent the check before they sent the email. So I appreciate that, you know. Well, and, I mean just just so people just so people understand what that bonus is. I mean, this it's a 10% bonus on top of your already high comp with, with AmeriCode. So they're paying you your normal comp. And then everything you do within a six-month period, a qualification period, if you, everything you write, if you hit above that, that level, it's a 10% of whatever the total premium is, mm-hmm. right? They, they mentioned, Bobby mentioned how much Steve Giordano's bonus was at the uh, conference, right? Yeah, 40-some-thousand. $47,000 bonus. This yeah. is on top, you know, just it's a bonus, right? So <laughs> why, I don't, this is part of the reason why we, we, we promote companies like America, Prosperity, even AIG's got their own bonus. So the thing is, if you focus more of your business here, you can you can build a bigger income for yourself. So I don't understand why people don't see that sometimes, but we're gonna keep we're gonna keep pushing and just keep helping people hopefully eventually see it. Congrats, T. Al, um, another thing, um, I want to make sure that a lot of people on the call understand that I put I love a miracle. Don't get me wrong. And I'm and I'm not, I'm biased now. I'm just gonna be real with you, but it's a reason, it's not because they're paying us the bonus. I care about the clients and uh, I I totally understand where all y'all are coming from. And I, I totally get the point of view that you guys come from, but I'm, I'm just going to speak from my point of view. If that's okay with the miracle, yeah, yeah, yeah. scratch the bonus bonus is extra. Uh, but the reason why I uh, do Eagle premier the most is because not only does it go to the double indemnity, but it goes on for the life of the policy. What is huge for a lot of seniors, they trip and fall. I don't know if you guys know that tripping and falling is a leading cause of death. The reason why, if you go with a lot of other companies that add double indemnity, how you add accidental on it, deaths fall off after a while. Yeah, usually after age 70 or so. Yeah, after age 70, because the chances of them dying for accident is so high. I had a a woman, uh, I went to go see her. She was in Vacaville, California. When I was in California, I was going face-to-face, went to her house. Uh, it was a referral. She was 83 years old. I got a call from her granddaughter. You know, she died. She died from an accidental death. So it was like 10 grand that they, that, that they paid instead of the five. And I could have showed her 
you know, she was healthy. I could have showed her this, could have showed her that. But I, I just believe in that double indemnity. Uh, and on top of that, that, people don't know this too. I do death claims. They pay the uh, cash value on top of the death benefit. Because I had one that, that, that went for like four months. And it was like $5,000, like $100, $5,100. So I was like, I know I didn't write 5100 policy, but they, they gave her everything. So wow. uh, I think that double indemnity for the life of the policy and that uh, that cash value that they pay out uh, extra uh, was huge, man. Uh, and 100% approval. I don't know about you guys, but when you first get that first decline, it kind of like push the client back. They don't want to get, you know, go forward. Right. Um, and then you got to do a mod, got to go back to the house. Uh, that's those three things you, you get the client approved before it's like a 99% chance they're gonna be approved before you leave the house. And what if they die? What if you know those three things? That's why I, I push a miracle. Uh, that that double indemnity for the life of the policy is huge for me, it's on like five ten dollar difference. Uh, uh, which is huge. Uh, a lot of seniors trip and fall and life alert and all that. People don't think about that, so. That's, that's a great point. I mean, I, I, mean I, I knew about it, but I never looked at it from that perspective because as people get older, the reaction time gets slower. Accidents do happen like trip and fall accidents. I mean, sometimes you, you never know what, what, could, what could happen. Like if you're driving, yeah. like the people that you honk at when you're behind driving. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, no, that, that's an excellent point when it comes to- Yeah, there's the no acceleration on that. Um, that. That cash value, I'm not too sure about that, but I think it's the interest that the client has um, from the time they pay out. So if a miracle holds on to your money, let's say you haven't done a claim for four months or three months, they hold on to that money and they give about a 0.25% of an interest on top. Oh, that That's sense. why you saw 5,125. Because oh, I recently okay. just did a death claim and then um, I get you get letters from it. So I got letters, two separate letters from the two beneficiaries. They actually had three beneficiaries. And they said right there, 86 days held, 0.25%. So they got a little extra to pay out on the, on the policy. Cool. Thanks for the clarification. Yeah, but it's good. Just them holding on. America just doesn't keep the money. They share a little bit of interest to it. Yep. So, so T, I mean, when 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 you're on the live dials, you're you're like you're like the uh, the most consistent guy on there. You're constantly unmuting whenever you get someone on the phone. So we got to hear your process all the time. But when you when you decide on what how much coverage to show, what what how do you determine that? Yeah, for sure. Uh, for brand new age, I just want to. Make sure I'm a, a servant for a lot of you guys because I was in the same position. You know, God blessed me and able to sell a lot of insurance and I know it can go at any point. And I'm humble and able to serve you guys. I, I don't take this for granted. So the, the three things I try to do uh, when I lock, when I uh, when I talk to a client is you got to find out first why they filled it out. Uh, that's that's the sale right there. It's kind of like they know. Uh, that's the sale because they give you the most pushback right there. That's the most uncomfortable that you're going to get. Uh, everything else is right there uh, on the sale. Not only you can't tell them why they filled it out. You got to make them say why they filled it out, right? That's the whole sale, okay? And the second thing is after they figure that out, now you got to figure out what it's going to look like without it. Those two things is how insurance is sold for me. Uh, I don't know how to sell with price. Uh, I, my closing ratio is not that good, but I think it'll be, it's been worse when I tried to sell off price, just from my perspective, uh, because the client, I get the most cancellations. Uh, I think I got like a little under 90% uh, six-month persistency with Americo. Uh, I don't get a lot of cancellations. I get a lot of 
oh, bank draft insufficient funds. I get those if, I, if they if they let it go, but nobody really counts them. Uh, even though I bleed with America, you know, higher price, everything. It's just that once you find out why they filled it out and what it's going to look like without it, they don't care how much it costs. I mean, they care, but do they not, they don't care about 10 bucks because it, 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 I feel this out because if I die, my wife won't have to, you know, she won't be on the street. If, she, if they say something like that, they, not, they don't care about $10. You know, that makes sense. And the last thing I try to do is once you on telesales, once they agree to the process, they got to just agree to the process, agree to giving out their social, agree to giving out their banking. Once you got those, the, the, all that done, the sale is done. It don't matter what how much it costs, if, if, that, if, that, if that matters, uh, without, without perspective. And of course, you don't want it to be too expensive because if it's too expensive, they're not moving. So to keep a, a basic, to keep it simple for a brand new agent, if you like, trying to say your first day on the phone. What I do is I keep a parameter like a little under a hundred dollars, right? One at a hundred dollars and one like close to $200. That, I don't know, that's kind of like a, a little, uh, if you want to like uh, think of something in your mind to do it. But what I normally have been doing and I get bigger premiums, after I figure out the why, I ask them like, what is going to look like without it? And I get a number like, my wife's going to lose $3,000 a month, right? So if you lose three thousand dollars a month, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you forty thousand, thirty thousand, twenty thousand. Does that make it's higher value mm -hmm. instead of paying for a fifteen thousand dollar funeral? You gotta pay for fifteen thousand dollar funeral plus you losing fifty grand a year. So it don't matter what I show you, it can be two hundred dollars a month. The price, the, the value is succeed how much she loses. If that makes sense. Right. So you so you do the discovery, you ask the questions, you have them tell you how much they they think they need. And then you show them you show them that price, right? You show them that coverage. Right, right, right. Yep. Uh let, let me I can I can role play real quick. So what I do yeah. is I say, uh I, I say, okay, uh uh Albert, uh if heaven forbid you want to wake up in the morning, how much income would your wife lose uh tomorrow? Okay, and I have a wife say that. If the husband try to say something, I say, you know, Albert, no disrespect, but you with God, you can't call her and tell her how much how to do this, you're going to be gone. So she got to answer this. Uh, what, how much you going to lose? 3,500. Okay, cool. So what this going to look like for you financially? Like before you got, you paying for a house, you renting a house, uh, you know, how, how, what, what does that going to look like? The answer the question, which is not going to be a good question or a good answer, right? Whether they might answer with, uh, it's not going to look good. They're going to do like a surface answer, but you have to dig deep. We're not trying to put the client in a bad situation. We're just trying to let them understand that this is the most important decision. I really believe that this is the most important decision that you're going to do besides paying for your mortgage each month. I strongly believe that. Good stuff. Yeah, and if you guys want to learn more, more from Terrence specifically, everything he's, he's talking about right now, he says the same exact thing time, time after time, after presentation after presentation on Live Dial. So I think that's one of the best places for you guys to, to continue to, to get, gain this information and continue to see how you can apply it directly and be a rock star like Terrence. And I, I got, and all this information recycled. Like I'm I'm the biggest feeder <laughs> uh, or copier. Like I copy all people's paper. So I got this from Steve Giordano, uh, Jordan, Jonathan Porcina, Brandon Kitchens, JP. Like, dude, I don't know why JP, I didn't heard JP present a million times. Uh, so that I, I'm getting it from the top producers. So that's number one for anybody. Just follow you know, the, the dude that's doing the most insurance to do what they saying. If they ain't selling, don't listen. But if they sell, <laughs> that's the truth. Well, 
you're in good company. They're all they're all stealing it from other people too. Yes. <laughs> After this many this many decades of of uh, or centuries of of insurance being sold, it's it's not there's nothing really new. It's just right. you're you're alert. It's new to you at the point that you're re ready to receive it. But you know you're talking about stuff that just makes sense. So appreciate you coming on and sharing, Terrence. You're always always uh very help, helpful stuff. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. So Paula, how do you, how do you determine how, how you, uh, how you, what you show a client? Like, like what do you ask like questions? Like, what do you have like something preset in mind? Yeah. I mean, I keep it pretty simple. I have my financial inventory sheet right next to me and I ask all the proper questions, you know, like, um, do you currently have any life insurance in place? What is the purpose of life insurance? Is it for your mortgage, you know, funeral cost? Um, are they a tobacco smoker? And then I get straight to the health questions. Mm -hmm. Based off of that, I use the typical five carriers like Americo, Mutual of Omaha, AIG, or Prosperity, um, depending on, you know, what the client is telling me. And, you know, if it gets a little bit more complicated with their medical prescriptions, go through a little group meet and ask, you know, other fellow agents, you know, what would they recommend? But I'd keep it pretty simple. You know, I'm still considered a new agent, I would say. So I'm still learning. And yeah. Was this helpful? It was very helpful. I really loved how Terrence, you know, takes it to an emotional level, you know, with the client and how he paints the picture to the client. If, you know, something was to happen to your spouse, like it really gets them thinking and feeling that moment, you know, and it puts a lot of pressure on them to make a decision right then and there. Yep. I really did like that. Anything, any, do you do anything differently from what you've heard so far, John? No, it's just a mixture of all of it. Um, I really, at the end of it all, once you figure out the simplified process, the hardest part is repeating it and repeating it and repeating it while you're getting rejected in between, right? Because when you have a real sale, it doesn't matter how fast, how slow, how simple you say it, they want to buy, right? But if you're doing the same process and you're selling, hey, what got you thinking about life insurance and they hang up on you, you got to just eliminate that part and we go into the next client. That's You say the same thing again, you go into the next client and you'll have a real conversation about life insurance, right? So that my approach is, uh, aside from those things, I, I do want to add on to, to where I take it and I hold their hand and move on to the next part. So I, I say a couple of things. I'm a broker. I represent multiple insurance companies. I like, I'm, I'm there to look for the lowest rates with the most coverage for you. And I'm going to get you approved today. So it's all about taking what we're going to do. We're going to get them approved today. We're going to get you insured. And then once you build the factor of, you know, what would it look like? What do you want the insurance to do? Who do you want it to go to? Asking a couple of questions about who your beneficiary is. Uh, I like to use their beneficiary's name. I say, I, I ask them, so who do you want to, to bury you? Okay. What would that look like? If Do they have the money to bury you? Do they have the money to cremate you or to, to put you on a funeral? If they don't have the money, are you okay with being cremated? Right? So I build in like digging factors of, of like pain, painful points, but not too painful that, that they start crying. Right? <laughs> but I create the pain and I also create the solution with our life insurance. Okay? So once you build enough pain, the solution is getting you signed up and approved and you're set and you never have to think about this again. But just understand, you can say the right things and all these things, but you are going to get rejected. And I think that's the biggest thing with new agents. Don't psych yourself out. Don't overcomplicate things on the clients that, that said this or said that when they couldn't have been a sale to begin with. Focus on the ones you're selling and then focus on like what Terrence is saying. If you got a sale, 
don't focus on selling a $30 plan up it, get you a hundred, $200 plan by building the value to it. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, there's no right or wrong way necessarily to, to, to do it because the thing is I've heard a lot of agents on live DAOs and I've seen a lot of agents, you know, be successful. So you could, you could, you can kind of get, get all the information out of them, go through the financial inventory sheet. They could tell you how much they're looking for and then you can quote them and then boom, you fulfilled that need for them. Mm -hmm. But for me, for me personally, and this is something that, that I've learned along the way, if a client tells me like, hey, I need $10,000 in coverage, like I'm still going to show them the max amount and then I'm going to show them another amount and then I'm going to show 10,000, whatever they tell me, that's going to mm -hmm. be the minimum amount that I'm going to show because that's your floor. That's my floor. Because instead of me asking like, hey, do you want to take this or not? It's more like, all right, here are your three options. Which one do you want to go with? Right. Because the thing is, no is not really an option that I gave them. They could still tell me no, but I'm not leading them in that direction. And then the thing is, if I show them high, even if they decide, no way, I can't afford that, or that's not that's not what I need, they can still end up with the lowest ones because why not take that shot? Yep. What is what does it hurt? So for me, I mean, that's just something that that's that's worked for me along the way, and something that you know I was taught and it made a lot of sense to me, you know, business wise. So that's just that's just how I how I happen to show. If you want to show one option, you show two options. You can show the three option thing, you know, just whatever whatever you craft together to show them just put some thought into it. Just think about how logically it makes sense for the client. Mm -hmm. So just to kind of recap, when it comes to the sales process, just introduce yourself, yep. ask questions to determine what it is that they're specifically looking for. Ask why they filled it out. Uh, listen to them. That's a, that's a key part because oftentimes like they're telling you exactly what they, what you want. And when you're, if you don't listen and you just start presenting stuff, you're showing them things that they never even really needed or wanted in the first place. So you're kind of disregarding that. Present your options and then, you know, present something based off of something that makes sense that you can explain. Like if it's, this is the minimum for funeral and they say like, I only want 3000, but they want a funeral. I'm going to show them 15 anyway. Right. Cause like you need to take care of it. Right. And they yeah. always tell me no, that we can always close down and end up back at the same point anyway. So hopefully that was a uh, helpful stuff. I mean, and ask for the sale. Def, that's the key part of it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for thanking me. And how do you ask for a sale? You know, I would present it like you three options. Okay. And, you know, based off what I presented to you, which of these three options makes sense for you and your family? Great. And let them choose. And then just ask ask your closing question and just shut up. Mm -hmm. Let let them let them answer. So um lot, lots of great info today for everyone that came on and shared. You know, appreciate Micah. Uh, JP, Marlon, Terrence, John, Paola, you know, just uh, great stuff. Hopefully that was helpful for, for you guys. I know I learned a lot. Uh, just go out there and whichever, whichever way, you know, they, you picked up something from someone today, start to incorporate that into your, into your game. And most importantly, put it to work, get to work. You, you can only try to see if it works if you put in that work in the first place. So let's go out there and be lead guys. Appreciate you guys. Have a good one. Hope you guys enjoyed the video. Thank you guys once again for supporting. If you guys want to see more of that, please make sure you like, subscribe, uh, click on this link here to subscribe, click on this link for the next video.